Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pit Against, a live flesh and blood call-in show. Uh, I'm joined by my constant co-host, Kevin Smurf Murphy. Kevin, how are you? Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, Pit Against is a... <laughs> I'm fine. I just lost fine. as Katsu. My... That might be the, that might have been my first Katsu game I've ever played. Um, uh, Pit Against is a live call-in show. If you'd like to be on Pit Against, all you have to do is go to our Discord by clicking the link that's somewhere in the description, and we'll have put in chat on uh, the Twitch. Kevin's doing that now, right? Uh, and then join <laughs> yeah sure and then join the calls channel mute your mic put your hot take in the topics channel and if you like if we like your take we'll put you in the waiting room and then we'll pull you from there on air uh but first kevin you have a spicy take yeah uh i think it might be better to be a two of in bright lights draft than a one of Wow, that is <laughs> goes against everything people think in draft. Yeah, elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, so it's partially because you are. It's it's a result of bright lights being a single class for the entire set. There are no generics. There's no class cards. It is all every card is playable. Is there there a generic in the in the special slot in the carnival slot? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tunic. Oh yes, of course. Uh, but um, beyond tuning, uh, which is yeah. I think technically not playable unless you're at home. Uh, sure. um, tell me why. So th this is what ends up happening when you have a five-two-one table or a four-three-one table. Is that you're going to get all of your key cards. You're going to get all of them because okay. nobody else is taking them. You're going to get all of your front pumps as max. You're going to get the best items as dash. Nobody is taking them. The problem becomes what do people take instead of those? It means people are going to take red boosts sooner. They're going to take the blue block three sooner, which means prob in about each in each pack, you're probably going to get one less good red boost and your blue quality is one of your blue block threes is probably a blue item instead. Which means your deck quality is actually worse. Because max and dash both work, both require like certain pieces. You need a certain number of items as dash, and you need a certain number of front pumps as max to make things work. But you don't want too many of them. More than eight front pumps as max, your deck actually becomes very awkward to play around. More than eight or nine items in dash becomes very awkward to play around. You need your your red boost quality to be very high, and if you're like if you're the only max or the only dash, other people are going to take red boost sooner, and they're going to take blues sooner, because their cards dry up faster. Which means you're just literally going to see less uh, less red boost cards that you actually want to take, and less blues that you actually want to take. So your deck quality can actually be lower being a one of that's that's interesting uh so the cool thing about draft is it's constantly evolving yes it infinitely involved evolving because as soon as something's figured out 
bias starts to build towards it, and then everything else starts to be better. So yes. let's now with let's say you know uh, the next time I go to draft with the, what you just said to me in mind would not let's say I'm playing Max and pack one pick one. Let's say, you know, first four picks are fine. You know, you get into five, six, seven pick and you're like, okay, I think I'm moving towards max. It looks like this is, I'm getting cards that I probably shouldn't right now. And then I'm, I'm feeling pack one ends. I am max. I am maxed. And I'm, you get a moment right in professional as well to like, Look through the cards between packs. Okay. Yep, so you, you take a minute and you look through the cards and you're like, I got, you know, let's say, let's say seven or four, eight. Four red front yeah, cards four. already. Yeah. I've got at that point only two red boost cards. Okay. And I've only got, and I've got three or four blues and I've got a couple yellow cards. Pack two, like, pick one. You got, mm-hmm. name the best front pump. Just name it. Uh, Recharge. You got you see the red recharge, and you yeah. see a blue block three, and you see yeah. a red boost card. What do you actually take? Uh, it so if you are fully self-correcting, you probably take the red boost card. This also gets a little weird because red jump start. I hundred percent take over the red front pump at that point. Fair enough. Okay, it's, maybe it's not that then. You know, like, but like an red if, boost card. And blue uh, block three. Yeah, an unremarkable red boost card. Uh, and sure, like you, you do need to have some amount of self-correcting on that. And you can yeah. try and mitigate that. But I think your options still get limited more than you can correct. Because yeah. those cards are going to go away sooner. I guess it is because you probably do. Let's say you—you uh, <clears throat> you probably do want more red boost cards, obviously, than you want front pumps, right? Yes. Uh, it is going to be a larger part of your deck. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, I guess what I'm saying is—is is self-correcting pack two because pack one was bomb. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. is that enough? I mean, that that seems like enough, right? Like, if you recognize that pack too, it can help. The problem still is the other seven people at the table are going to cut those options off sooner. And if you start, it like it, it ends up. There, there's two things that can happen. You can either get, um, you can either put someone into max from that example you'll put someone else back into max because you're passing red front pumps again and then you end up at a 422 table or something and it's fine which is probably what should be happening if we continue all the way down this iteration of stuff that's happening but people aren't perfect they're not going to necessarily read those signals they're going to say i have two boom grenades i don't want to pivot into max or i have four evos already I don't whoa, want to whoa, whoa whoa okay that was already a hot spicy take right there uh you just said draft players aren't perfect but we know that yuki lee bender exists so like i mean that's true <laughs> sure sure i don't know 
Yuki is an anomaly, and we know that too. But yeah, um, but that's you know it it is interesting because this I mean this is obviously the first uh, draft set that's like that, right? Like I mean yes. you this you is, want yeah. to be the single person uh, in yes. every other draft. Yes, in every other draft you want to be because people have to pick playables. The yeah. The thing that changed in the set is literally every card is playable. So then you it it was this is a problem that or this is a thing that cannot like will not happen in any other draft set that has multiple classes. Like this yeah. will not happen in outsiders. No. If you are the one of in outsiders, you are ecstatic, your deck is cracked, it you're probably 3-0. Well, not in Outsiders because there's six heroes. But like, if you're the one of Ranger, yeah, then you are in such a good spot because then people people have to pass continue to pass the Ranger cards, even if they're good because they need playables. Yeah, and then that that it just isn't the case in this draft set. That's so weird. One of Prism and Monarch always three zero. Pretty much. I have seen a one of Prism pod a single time, and it was absolutely insane. And Heck, if no you're two of Prism, you're feeling pretty good. Two of Prism is still really good. <laughs> really good. You were one of Prism in Nationals? Oh, Jeez. my gosh. I, I was in a... Uh, DE, is that... Is DE Germany? Or... Is that is that German Nationals? Herald. Yes, okay, I thought so. Interesting. Yeah, I was in the PTI event in Cincinnati in like July. Uh, it was draft for rounds four through six, and Raya Adams was in the pod, in my pod, and she was the one of Prism. <laughs> and she's a Prism oh, player. yep. Uh, that was probably the easiest 3-0 I've ever seen. And at the end of it, I'm pretty sure she last picked like a yellow herald of <laughs> oh my gosh and like phantasmifies were wheeling in pack three and at the end of it she was like this is a two of prison pot i'm like no there's one i went there's three leviahs i think i went three oh in a six person draft where i was one of two prisms uh prisms floor was prisms good. good prism good like the numbers on prism cards are just insane. Like that's what we're gonna and I, we're gonna see more of that soon. But like, all right, Kevin, mm. uh, I have a confession to make. I'm dyslexic. You'll have to say their name for me so I know how to pronounce it. I'm not sure. Cartanage. Do I know you? I feel like I know you. I might know you. You're a single prism. There was a single Leviah. That's spooky. That's scary. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, it's only so crazy. No way. Oh my gosh. There's That's no a rough draft. There's a single Leviah. That that pool is. People now. people were stealing them at that point. Nah, there's a reason that there was only one Leviah, and it's because there were not enough sixes for Leviah to function. Well, that would that would make sense. That would be a reason why. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Like, that's the other side of it where it's like the Bright Lights is interesting. I think so. Like, the, this idea that I had pools were totally unbalanced. Yeah. Oh, for Monarch? Yeah. Um, this idea I kind of had after uh, the 20K in Columbus, um, where Mansant was the one of Dash in his pod. And I think the top pod. Either the top pod or the second pod. Um, I don't know. All of them were stacked. Uh, but he was 0-2 playing for the 0-3, the one like... As, the, as the Leviah? No, as uh, Dash. Oh, wait. Oh, as... Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. He was a oh, going going back to the main target. Yeah, I, I missed yeah. a sentence in there. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, that happened, and then from my five-man pod, where, like, Dash was literally unplayable in our pod. That's crazy. Um, there were... All the items were yellow or blue, except for two mini force fields and one hadron collider and those that's rough is items I saw. does dash feel hyper dependent on what's in the packs like other heroes have felt in other drafts like Leviah? uh dash and max are both a little bit more dependent on what's in the packs they have pieces that they need they can't function on just block threes and i guess that is kind of high risk high reward though because it is everyone wants to default like, on Teclo. Yes, which like that's that's also like part of this format, and it's why so many of the cards in each pack are the boost cards. Is like everyone needs the boost cards, everyone wants block threes, everyone like all that stuff. So I'm a I'm gonna pull our buddy into the waiting room. Uh, what topic do you want to talk about? They put two in Twitch. I mean, I guess like what is their actual take for this? Like. Are heroes rotating too slowly, too quickly? Does the format need more heroes that deal arcane damage or less? Are right, you ask him that question. I'm going to read out the follows we got from the last stream. Sure. Okay. Be All right. So last time, we got a follow from Delphigeo5. I'm just going to say that's Ga Gallo. Delphigallo5, we'll say that. Rov120, we were talking to them a lot. Heckin' love you. The Armed Pit, love you, brother. Armed Pit is... I love that guy. Uh, call me Theo. The guy who got uh, Go Bananas banned in UPF. Love Theo. Uh, Harbringer09 and Riddler Man Gaming. Everyone knows Riddler Man Gaming. He's in all the Twitch streams. Um, thank you guys so much for following on Twitch. We really appreciate that. Um, Kevin's back. Uh, and caller, what's your name and where are you from? Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, I know German is hard to pronounce for people not German. Uh, my name uh, is called uh, Kartenauge. It's like in English would be like card eye. Kartenauge? Auga? Pretty good for a non-German. <laughs> I took, I failed two German classes in grade school, so uh, I know uh, how to pronounce a little bit of it, but I, I was, I was scared to risk it. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about? Um, or, or what yeah, does Kevin I, want you to talk about? Um, well, <laughs> what, what, what I would say is like, do we need more stuff um, to 
for example, react to dereacts in a in an aggressive way because the only thing we have to devalue dereactions currently is the deckers of Uzuri, obviously, and the shred cards. But it's all in one deck, and that's why I think Uzuri performed really well currently because without a lot of arcane damage, you have a lot of physical defensive style decks uh, going around, and Uzuri can circumvent the defensive physical side of the uh, of the cards. But it's like the only deck that can that. And that's why I think he performed really well, won a calling, I think, and a battle harden and stuff like that. But he got totally trashed against Kano on the final of the battle harden because he didn't have AB with him. So the and, and his building of the deck didn't allow him to basically do AB3 because he doesn't have enough blues, for example, and stuff like that. So the question is, do we need more cards against, for example, like D-Reacts to make them not so, I, th I would say, overpowered in the physical style? Or would another take be we need more heroes dealing arcane damage so we lose the sideboard spaces to go more defensive against physical? Oh, that's really good. Uh, wait, actually, before we get started, I do want to bring up one point. There actually are a small number of cards that uh, do care about defense reactions not necessarily that any of them are meta right now right so like you know azalea's got remorseless and she's got increase and decrease and all the tensions and uh yes, FTC, obviously which you, you cannot play but the, uh, i mean even also uh azalea for example her remorseless only says you cannot play uh, from the arsenal city react but you can they play them from the hand it's widowmaker paired with dreadbore Dreadbore Which says no D reacts from hand, so that just says no D reacts. Um, True. And I then also have... uh, Dauntless, the warrior card that's just not being played. It says something like uh, uh, one one for your attack gets plus three and defense reactions cost one more. I think. Um. Yeah. I mean, my my point is you. The yes, thing that's is, what it is. Reacts get only worse in that turn where you play the card who who makes D react worse, but. You can yep. just wait a turn if you have a direct in Arsenal, for example. You can just block it out, play the direct the next turn. But Uzuri has like constant, uh, constant realization, and he has uh, alternate damage instead of physical with the flick knives, for example, which are not arcane and not, you know. So, is that yeah. a problem? Because yeah. if you see at OG Dash, for example, where like the Turtle Dash deck is like totally uh, physical dominant, but lost against Arcane, and so she's like basically only playing against Kano now, for example, if you want to. So, well, so but my issue kind of with this is we haven't seen defensive fatigue decks come out with Icelander leaving, which like Icelander was one of the best decks at playing the long game. Frost X combo was absolutely oh sure, absolutely it was super powerful against the when you played the long game. It's why Bravos had to play that game aggressively. Um, but like, I don't think we have a massive influx of defensive fatigue decks, and that's why Azuri's doing well. I think Azuri's doing well because she's an active, she hasn't, she's an actively disruptive deck, and kind of, kind of like Icelander. It's it's similar-ish in a way to the it's way it's a was. tempo deck where you're slowing your opponent down it's, and still doing value. It's the, the Aether Ice Vein half of Icelander, not the yes out of Arsenal CLF but half. Yes. I, I, I agree with you that it's disruptive, but I would say if you don't have shreds in that list, you would deal so much less damage, so much less on hit, so much less, you know, silver generation, heart disruption, anything. So I wouldn't say it's like 
only Azuri's ability. Obviously, isolate into you know anything is yes. pretty pretty good. We don't argue about that. But you, but a lot of uh, uh, plays against Azuri is if you cook at side uh, if you look at sideboard uh, decisions, they just put more D reacts in because you know you can only block sure. with one card. Put a D react, and that's when the dagger or the flick knife or even the shreds are really important because you sure. uh, you play like they don't have two D reacts. So I wouldn't say that's like. Without Shred, I think the deck would be so much worse. So it, it I... is important to devalue D-Reacts. I, mean, I think it... Like, this, I think this, it... Like, this... Go ahead. <laughs> it feels like this is like just talking about Azuri at this point. Like, this is not... This meta is wider than we've seen in a long time. Azuri is not dominating it. Azuri is doing well. But like... Absolutely, absolutely. This... It feels like... Another... It, Zuri's shred is there to yeah sure you need that extra it, it basically says you need to have two d reacts but what yeah. it's actually doing is letting Azuri play her four card hands better yeah like I that's mean, where it's actually like because it kind of like, says it it doesn't say go again but it doesn't consume your action point basically right yeah. so it's yeah. as if it says you know plus three plus four yes. uh whatever to the attack yeah. without actually yeah. boosting the damage it just reduces the block value which again is a very tempo-y but go ahead to, to be uh, we said yeah we, we didn't see like defense decks for example going in but if you look at the last uh, battle harden for example which uh brody won mm -hmm. there were like two uh, turtle dashes in there for example and i think uh, one of the uh, um I just remembered one of the things uh, that works against direct without, you know, devaluing directs would be, for oh. example, Rhino's ability, intimidate, for example. Sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there are there are ways, and I like that there are multiple ways to play the game. It's my flesh and blood is great designed, and they really yeah. love what they do, and you can feel that. But yes, yes. For example, like the top eight. If you look at where where Brody won, when you look at that, it's like two oh three no there no two turtle dashes in the top four. The, those dashes were not turtle dashes. They were switch lists. Oh, because true. Specifically, specifically, both of their quarterfinals games, they are on full aggro plans. One into one against Dromai and one against. Um, yeah, just so. I mis I misread that because those, I had reinforced the line, unmovables, and evos and yeah. stuff like that. I which, just which is that, standard yeah. for a switch list at this point. They they just run the evo arms because it's a blue block three that they can high roll Obviously. with to just say yes. gain five life. But it it they look like standard switch lists. I know one was Matt W who played a actually a more aggressive list at Worlds for his top eight there, and he was only running two chambers. And now they have the actual switch package in there with the purifiers and D reacts, which like they only run would that you, against Bravo. A so, question I have, which I just saw: Would you say the list that Michael Hamilton played was def was defensive or aggressive? Does Michael Hamilton play aggressive? That is. That, yes, that is the most <laughs> aggressive Bravo list we have seen to date, I think. The only thing it doesn't have in there is, like, red out muscles, which I don't like. And blue. Anyways. I thought he had... Is he red and blue. Muscles? No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if he didn't have red out muscle, he probably also didn't have blue out muscle, which is also just as dumb aggressive. Yeah, but, like, it's still blue, so it still makes hammer yeah. work. Yeah. But like that is oh, okay. one of the most aggressive Bravo lists we've ever seen, and it's the same list that he ran at Worlds actually, 
and it's it the reason it's a tempo deck because that's how they yes it's a tempo deck and it's just using tunic to just abuse cost curves on all of your two cost stuff to get like just your four resource turns because a lot of your generics rely on it um not icelander uh, icelander um the (laughs) yes same thing in this in this bravo deck that he did to icelander true like he did but like this is not a defensive meta this is one of the most aggressive metas we've ever seen even from the guardian players like yeah because of azalea i think i think azalea is pressuring them to play aggressive right um well i think a lot of things are making people want to play more aggressive right so like with 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 the amount of tempo not in the meta right now specifically i'm thinking ice uh it's a lot more room for aggressive decks to be in and these aggressive decks are punching so hard and so fast that a defensive deck would actually i would generally crumble right like phi can you how easy is it to fatigue a phi right now without ice uh you don't fatigue fi even with ice i mean yeah, yeah so, that's that's my point thank you for saying it yeah like i i don't the 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 reason that the Bravo decks have gotten so aggressive is actually Dromai. Because Dromai became the long game when they got Chromai Dust. Dromai became the long game they couldn't compete with. So they couldn't fatigue Dromai at that point. So they had to pivot all the way to the other direction because it's either if you, a deck is better at being defensive than you, is trying to be super defensive, you beat it by being more defensive, or you beat it by being so wildly aggressive that it can't stop you. And that's the only way that you actually beat Dromai's who have Chromai Dust is by just being stupid aggressive. So or- I think Dromai is actually the thing that pushed Bravo into being this aggressive into these tunic lists because tech plating didn't do enough. You couldn't actually, like, you would carry resources forward, but you gave up tempo to do it. And now tunic, you don't have to give up tempo, tempo to carry to get those resources. Like it's. I think it was genuinely Dromai that. Like, <laughs> Rav called it crust. Yeah. I love crust. Yeah. Crust is crust, my like, favorite card. So <laughs> the crust. It, it and Tome. You're gonna die to that late and, game crust. And Chrom- Chromai just Dust, like I think, did more. Yeah, I think Chromai Dust I, did more I, for the Bravo matchup than yeah. Tome has done for the deck overall. You're going to die to the late game crust just like I would die if I was to eat the late game crust under my couch from that pizza that got kicked under there like two weeks ago. Holy <laughs> frick. Uh, you, have be, you have to be careful that the pizza is not going anywhere. <laughs> unless, unless it's like Little Caesars. I swear I had a slice of Little Caesars in the back of my car for like three months and it looked completely unfazed by the elements. Yeah, no, I didn't eat it, but car. like. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyways, oh, actually, a, a point I wanted to kind of bring up was uh, how defense reactions are inherently not good, or they're not great, right? So they're very narrowly focused, and this this was why you brought the point up at the beginning is you were saying, mm-hmm. I believe what you were saying was um, that defense reactions are too good and only one deck is really abusing them uh and that we need more arcane because the the point of defense reactions is they're very narrow and so because they're narrow they're not as good as just dealing 
damage worth of that same value, right? So like, is there like a scar for scar better than fate for scene? Talking, we are, are we talking about pure damage or pure damage with on-hit effects? Uh, uh, I guess for this scenario, pure damage, like just numbers, right? Um, mm. It's better to be True. dealing the damage than blocking game, the yes. damage. But like, even even if the numbers are the same and there's no on-hits and it's just dealing for or blocking for, you know, Scar for Scar versus uh, Fate for Scene, it's on-hit. It's on-hit doesn't necessarily matter. Or on-play. Okay, um, but... but... But scar for scar is not the same value as a fate for scene or a sink below. It's less value. It's uh, you have a condition to meet, so, though so, it gets go again, and you don't have an opt or a, a cycle a card from your hand. So, so scar is going to be more consistent than a D react is, but a D react does have a higher ceiling. If it's one, the cycle and opt are absolutely relevant. Yes. I agree. Yeah. It is contingent on your opponent sending an attack that you are actually blocking for four. Yes. Now, the ceiling for a D-React is obviously like stopping an endless arrow. Yeah, on-hit effects, you're yeah. You're getting the four and you're getting the on-hit effect that you stop. So you can, you're getting like seven value off your D-React, but it's contextual that your opponent is actually going to give you the opportunity to use that D-React well. Yes, absolutely. This is, absolutely. This is, so like, for this example, D-Reacts always... against Fire are not as good against others because he has so many low attacks. I get yeah. you, yes. Like, and it's like, not good I against always... Kano, you know, for a different yeah. reason. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. um, I, I mean, it, 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 a point, would you play D-React against Emperor in Blitz? Yes. Because yes. he did split damage. Yeah, He's, I'm it, still, it, it, depending yes. on my deck. Depending on what deck I'm on. So I, mean, I if one of the decks that can deal both. So you have to decide, do I want more pitch to prevent arcane or do I want to block physical? And I think it's yes. one of the good questions at that point, uh, because yeah. it's one of the, it's the only deck that deals like really high arcane and really high physical if it wants to. So, in, so in, it's currently yes. So what I brought to the skirmish was a KO list. And if I spent about, I don't know, $10 more, I would have brought a better KO list. And the plane that I was initially going for was my sideboard was uh, Arcane Barrier 3, using the headpiece that gives you two. And it was going to be two Oasis, two uh, Sigils. And with that, every single... And I want to play against an Emperor that's like going to test me. But every Emperor I've played online, which is like four, it's not a lot, it's not a big sample size, but all of them I was able to just completely fatigue. This KOS didn't have any, uh, didn't have any zero blocks, and it was slower, and it had defense reactions, and I still beat out most of the Emperors through fatigue, because, yes, I play KO, and I play him for fatigue. <laughs> God, you're so obnoxious. <laughs> yes! I, to be fair, I played a, a Reiner in the skirmish, and I won 6-0. Uh, and I think I had one Emperor that I trashed turn 2. So, you A know. little different. That's a little different, and probably better. <laughs> yeah. Like, Alright. I, I think D-Reacts come with their own downside, and there's, uh, there's 100% a cost to running too many of them. Yeah, and it's something that you can see. I think in particular in draw my builds right now, you'll see lists that are running three sync, three fate, three sand um, cover. And yeah, I mean, wasn't like there a uh, like, defensive uh, Dorintea in top eight as well? Um, Rev also I talking about fatigue, Briar. 
Orlando, oh, yeah. there might have been. Also, yes. Uh, Fatigue Briar is scary. Crown of Seeds Briar. Um, oh, they don't have. Do they have Crown of Seeds in Blitz? Was I thought it, it was banned, oh, wasn't it? I it, think it's was it banned or suspended? Let me look. It might have just been suspended until Oldham was gone. It was suspended, so Crown of Seeds is back. No way. Oh, no. Oh, I don't so that, care. oh that's kind of cool. Going to come back out. <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> so we just go better in Blitz. No, 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 no. I stay right is on. He doesn't Blitz? block me. Oh, no, sure, no, no, sure, no. sure, sure. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> I are still, yeah. yeah the, the Brutes had a good matchup into it in CC, but like... I, yeah. I, I don't want to play Briar Brutes. in Blitz. No, 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 no. Brutes, yeah. Brutes just win uh, fatigue matchups. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Because they're wizards. That is going to be very real. Because Reinar is Icelander. Okay. He does value I, I, until the end of the game and then kills you out of nowhere. I, I, I have a great question. Do we need more wizards than flesh and blood? Yes. I want like a full I, wizard set that everyone keeps talking about, and I want like I, 20 wizards coming out of it, please. I would love an all-arcane draft set. I know that most people would not. Without um, AP. Disagree. <laughs> oh, frick. Uh, it's all it's they, all they spell void. Very careful. They, yeah, they have to be very careful how they do prevention in that set. Yeah. Um, For example, Icelander didn't have AP gear, right? When it came out in the limited. Uh, in Uprising, there was AB one for every hero in equipment. So nothing. <laughs> Not enough for it to like. It, it mattered, yeah. but the, because of the way Icelander played, it was actually kind of fine because half the time you're using Arcane Barrier on your turn and half the time it's an Aether Icefane where you go pitch the blue AB1, pay two. So, like, it was actually reasonably okay, I think. But I mean, it felt it so good playing Icelander in Blitz. Yeah. I mean, uh, in Limited, sorry, not in Blitz. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had eight Eater Ithrains, so what the fuck is the opponent doing, you know? Yeah, that's just kind of it. Um, but I I think the format... Because the, I, I will say Kano is actually a very strange hero to sideboard for. Yeah. Because of how explosive he is, it's very inefficient for most heroes to AB anything outside of the combo. Yeah, I mean, I think people say is... you need AB3 and like 28 life to survive, and that's like, what the fuck, you know what uh, I mean? It's not that much, but if you're on Arcane Barrier 3 and you have the blue, the kill range is only like 16 for a, for the standard combo. Like, if he does anything, like, he can get extra points of value from depending on what it is, but it's like it's like a 32 damage baseline, so I think it's 17 if you have AB3 and just a blue for the wildfire, which is not bad. The issue becomes, what are you doing on all the rest of your turns? Yeah. Um, because he so infrequently sends Arcane at you on your turn. That's the piece where Kano actually gets weird and why Icelander was actually... People respected it more and it was more efficient to run the Arcane Barrier because she's sending Waning Moon at you on your turn every other turn basically if not every turn yeah so it's way more efficient for you to bring that extra ab and you can use it more efficiently because of that but kano yeah. there's only one turn where you're going to arcane barrier on your turn 
And every other turn, every other time he's going to send arcane damage at you, it's going to be on his turn, which means you don't get that card back. You don't get to use those resources. So AB1 feels like really underwhelming as just a sideboard choice. Yeah. But so I, I think the game would be slightly healthier if there was another wizard that sent arcane damage the same way that Iceland in a, to a similar manner as Icelander. But I don't know if it's like, it's not meta breaking that Kano is the only major source of arcane. If there was like a rune blade running around who was doing well, Sure. Need AB1. If. Yeah, and then you have AB1, <laughs> and it's fine. And like most decks just can side in AB1 pretty readily. So it's... I don't think it's a huge problem. I would like to... I mean, I, I was an Icelander main. Obviously, I want Icelander back. But I think it would... I think they know that some amount of arcane damage is good for the game, because it's another axis to play on. That's why they introduced Runeblade and Wizard. So... But also, they didn't introduce Wildfire at the beginning. They had Blazing Aether, and but they didn't have that. Wildfire. <laughs> yeah, and they banned stuff like that, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. I think the game is in a pretty healthy spot right now. So. Yes, I agree, and I'm really hyped for the next set. <laughs> ah, I'm so excited! Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. I have <laughs> All right. Uh, I <laughs> let's go. Uh, I want a new Reinar. I want a new Reinar. I, I don't. Okay people keep saying they're gonna reprint Reinar. If they do, I'm gonna scream. Uh, they've already they've already reprinted them. Heroes. They already reprinted I mean, them. They they told us there will be six new, right? Yeah, yeah. They said there would be six heroes. I don't know if they said I new. I think they said that some would be returning. I I oh. think it was six new heroes, but let me check that. Okay, while you check that. Uh, Kevin, did we talk about his other take about whatever? Uh, uh, I think it, it was kind of... It ended up all being one thing, in a way. Um, but, like, hero rotation speed is a hundred is a, a factor in, like, how the meta is going to set up and, like, how much arcane and stuff there is, how much fatigue is in the format, yeah. how much aggro is in the format. Like, rotation speed is part of that. But it's also then balancing each of those because, like, Icelander was obviously a very powerful source of arcane damage, but Vincent and Viserai currently are not. So is it about balancing the heroes? Is it about their rotation speed? Is it about introducing more heroes? Like, it's... It depends. Yeah. Like, it, it, it has ended up very contextual, and I think we don't have enough flesh and blood history to say whether or not... It's going to be so... It's going to be so cool seeing the game like 10 years from now and we're just like ah uh, uh, like 30 years Kevin, you're so you were so no there's going to be like 10 years from now there's going to be like let's say if they don't lower the points there's going to be like 60 heroes LL'd. Yeah, there's going to be like let's pretend, you know, uh 10 a year. That's reasonable. Uh, they come out with they're coming out with fifteen new heroes next year. Yeah. Are they going to be all adult? I don't know. Let's pretend Maybe. ten are adult. Sure. Yeah. Is the pool going to be? Is the non LL pool going to be growing year over year, or is it going to eventually hit like a plateau of we want this many heroes viable in CC? I think they have a number of heroes that they want legal in CC at any given time. 
Okay. I don't know if they've said um, that number. They they once said that the uh, normal rate they pl uh, they plan to let a hero be uh, legal is two to four years, between two and four years a hero <laughs> should be legal. Well, I, then in that case, uh, the the point being, let's say they come out with ten heroes this year, two years from now, those ten heroes should be gone. And I'm I'm generalizing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm generalizing here, but like over the course of ten years, we could see a hundred heroes in LL. I'm 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 obviously exaggerating, but we could be on our uh, on our sixth prism. No. <laughs> we could be on our twelfth prism. Uh... <laughs> the race are going now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and we'll be on our fortieth uh, Illuminaris. Uh... <laughs> Frick. Okay. Okay, what I found about heavy hitters is that mm. uh, there will be six he, uh, dis, um, six blitz decks. They sell again, so there should be probably six new heroes. Because the um, yeah, at least well, six young heroes, at least three young, and you know, yeah, at least. So they they did sell blitz decks for Azalea Katsu and Benji for outsiders. Even though they, they were returning. yeah, yeah. So I think even if they had returning young heroes, they would also have blitz decks. Yeah, but we already have if a Reinar blitz deck. Before. Yeah, we that's do. What have I mean. a, sure, we have two. But, yeah, but not with. Oh, no, we have cards. one, and another was uh, versus right. We get another, just yeah. blanket, reprint Reinar, like the exact same thing again, and then it gets its own blitz deck. And it's the same Reinar. I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna I not be happy. There will be 15 tokens uh, in the set, so I'm gonna buy it anyways. But yeah, 10 marbles, let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, agility, agility, gold, vigor, might, seismic surge. There's courage. More, I guess courage. Yeah, there, there's gonna be a bunch i don't know and then more there's gonna more. be silver bronze there's an a bronze it's copper 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 whatever silver silver copper you think that's gonna show up let's see uh maybe they i don't think so i think they want to lean on gold for that set but also i think all the tokens will include the weapons and the heroes yeah so like that's another Nine? That's a lot. So that's fifteen. Yeah, that's fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Wait, we were at no, we were at six, we were nine, at six. fifteen. God dang. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have to be six new heroes because if you say three for each other, that they should be fifteen, right? Yeah. God dang, that's a lot of crap. Um, yeah, but I yeah. think they they sh they have to do it because there was like a really fast LL train going for the heroes. So I think they, new yeah. blood in the arena is good. <laughs> they th this is this is them trying to kind of reset the power level of flesh and blood a bit. They they said the power level was too high. Yeah. Well, it's inter With it's interesting we talk about it like that because this set's been in production for. A year? A year. Yes. A year. They, yeah. I think they yeah. they realized what was going on when they started after testing. After Tales of Aria. <laughs> probably after Tales, and then they 
when they put Icelander into Uprising. Yeah. I think that at that point in the testing cycle, that's when they realized they needed to tone it down a bit. And that's when they were starting to work on Dynasty. And then they had Outsiders and they're like, all right, we need uh, Volterragon. Yeah. So here's Codex. Maybe. And then they, that's such a the, funny the, thing to think code. about. Yeah. And then they said, okay, we need Draw My Gun. Here are Tome of <laughs> Imperial Flame. Tome of Imperial Flame and Chromite Dust. Icelanders get, get just going on her own, even with oh, bands. Oh, it's crust, not, not dust. Crust, crust with a sure, seat. The crust. crust. <laughs> crust. Yes, absolutely. Um, shoot, what was I going to say? Yeah. Does that mean we can assume who they want kicked the frick out based on uh, our expansion slots for this next set? No, I we don't get, think... We get two more Bravo cards and we're like, ah, okay, frick. Not the next one. You cannot they, say that because if Bravo is gone, we don't have a Guardian anymore. Well, we're getting two more Guardians. We're getting two. Or yeah, at least but, we're getting one. And, and one and Guardian Brute? Saying, no. no. And one Guardian Warrior? No. They're oh, not going to dual class any of please. these. Please, yes. Please, no. Please, not yes. No. Did you, did you, uh, the did worst you part the... would be Crippling Crush and then, or something like that. No. And then oh. Spinal Crush, and then after you've blocked it out, then I hit you with the, uh, what's, a, what's the 0 for 3 Warrior React? Reprise. Iron Resong. Iron Song Response? Yeah, Iron Song Response on my Guardian Warrior deck. That only works on <laughs> weapons? Sure. Oh, wait, no, wait, never mind. Hmm. Yeah, it works great. Hmm, I'm gonna, wait, I'm gonna have to. Hmm. You know, you well, know what, I see, what, what I saw in skirmish in, uh, when I played was like one Bravo against one Uzuri, and the Bravo was hitting the Uzuri with a crippling crush. Uzuri blocked, and it was dominated, of course. And then the Bravo player just played Pummel on top of the crippling crush, and the Uzuri player conceded right on that spot. <laughs> I know I would. Uh, Holy uh, frick! No, 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 no. Oh, were you trying to come up with some spice? Is there? I'm wondering if there's a way to go. Oh, yeah? Is there a way to go weapon swing into spinal crush and then you route the spinal crush? I, 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 roof, that will not happen. You have already six resource, six attack for the yeah, 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 yeah. Antonos, so. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of just like mechanically, does that work? Uh, you can route a hammer. It's target, target weapon, weapon attack. attack. Yeah. God dang. If defending heroes defend with a card, so if reprise, you may return target non-equipment defending card to its owner's hand. You can use shatter. Not specify from this chain link. <laughs> so you can route a weapon attack on a previous chain link to remove a card defending a spinal crush. <laughs> what the f what the hold on a minute what the frick <laughs> but, but that doesn't work right because uh, past chain links are already you know you can you can play attack reacts to previous chain links yeah you can oh so this my is, gosh this is the trick that uh, Dory players. I know Allison has done this. So it also, oh so only if, if you play with a crippling crush and attack with a hammer before, and then they block it, you can do the weapon attack plus. That's true with the reaction, <laughs> and then you can bounce in the in the active chain link a card. That's possible. I believe so. 
So the yes, way the, the the thing that I uh, you can play attack reacts to previous chain links. This is why we need dual class this heroes. Is because uh, with singing steel blade, if you target, if you go weapon swing, it gets blocked with go again. Weapon swing with go again, it gets blocked. Go to next chain link, play CNC. You can singing steel blade your weapon attack and fetch pummel and play it to the CNC. And Allison has done this to win a game. That is evil. That is, is evil. In the deck. Oh my gosh. Yes. All right. Yes. We're going to go over one more take. What take do you want to do? Do you want to do his, what was his that, other take? Was, he had two was, takes. That was, that was his take. Okay. Um, well then, uh, say your name one more time for me real quick. Kartenauge. Kartenauge. Uh, Pretty good. <laughs> I try, well, I tried. Uh, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out? Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, great talking with you. I like that the FAB community is like growing and having fun with uh, different people. Like It's 3 a.m. here, so oh, <laughs> I'm frick. having fun. Don't worry. <laughs> it was a great time. Maybe we can uh, do it again or we see us uh, another time. And it was great. Thank you. Oh, well, uh, thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Also, every Tuesday. We're going to try to start doing this every Tuesday. Kevin is every available Tuesday. every Tuesday. Though I cannot sleep on Tuesdays. Okay, check. Every single... Yes, well, <laughs> maybe maybe not next Tuesday, but every Tuesday. Or at least every week, right, Kevin? After, uh, after right. Christmas? <laughs> I... Yeah. After after Christmas, yes. <laughs> yes, ab after Christmas. Um, all right, thank you so much for being on. Thank you very much for having we'll me. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Kevin, is uh, what what is the last point you want to talk about? A couple of people brought up a few things, uh, and I brought them up while you were talking to him before you brought him on. Uh. We could maybe save the Lexi take for next time because there was multiple people who wanted to talk about yeah. it. Um, oh, Kano's no skill. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, I thought or do you want to, or, or do you want to talk about uh, Prism's new Minaris? New Minaris. Redo Minaris. You yes. want to talk about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me pull that up so I can read um, it. I think it is very good, and it is not busted. That is, it, uh, it. That's pretty it lukewarm not, take. Yes, it does not actually get you. It gets you one more action point than your than Numenaris did. So Luminaris Angels right. Glow. This is coming out in the next set, Heavy Hitters. Uh, if there is a yellow card in your pitch zone. The first attack action card with Herald in its name you play each turn gets go again, and your first angel attack each turn gets go again. Uh, whereas the last one was pay two at instant speed, target angel attack, or attack action card with Herald in its name gets go again. So it's... Once it's, per turn. It's that... Yeah, once per turn. So it's that, but free. But conditionally, you can have it target an angel and a Herald. Yes. So it does not actually change how you play your two and three card hands okay your two and three card hands are are almost the same 
What it does mean is you can do your three card hands off of yellows, which one is going to make your second cycle stronger. Two is going to make your deck more consistent. True. All of your yellow, you have so many power cards at yellow for prism. It what it actually lets you do on top of that deck construction, which is probably the biggest point. The other thing it lets you do is actually play your four card hands and your five card hands. And it lets you play them efficiently. Yeah. Which you could not do with old with Numenaris. Numenaris. Numenaris, I think, is gonna turn into the aether conduit of illusionist yes. weapons. Where it's just yeah. like pay to do something marginal. <laughs> pay, to, pay two for an action point when everything else is your action point is free for yeah. just building your deck. Yeah, exactly. Right? So right. uh Angel's Glow. It's I mean it's it's definitely not Luminars. It is Luminars fully nerfed, right? Because if you look at the yeah. old Luminars, they, they act, yeah, they took it and act, they took old Luminars and they actually split it. So this is like two steps above the Numenars, but compared yes. to old Luminars, this is like five steps down, right? Because it's not weapon yes. generating anymore, and it's not infinite go again. You're yes, it's not infinite go again, which is. The the biggest problem which like it's weird because it still feels like it's worse it, it still looks like it's better than uh voltaire which is just pay one for an action point pay one for an action point yes you're paying two for two action points but now you can pay zero for two action points i mean it's contextual based on the class it is because an so, action point only means what you use it on uh yes. but right. yeah true um it's, th it's this is okay so let's let's talk about it that is, it, it is, is contextual right and so it's contextual in the sense of the meta which is constantly evolving so maybe that's a mute point to talk about but it's also contextual based on uh what you're using it on um and yeah, so, so in that sense you have to have heralds and angels. You have to have enough cards to send the herald, send the angel. You have to get the angel, and you have to have something else to do with that third action point. So yes, it's not truly just two action points for free every turn. Yeah, where you just start the turn with three action points. It is yeah. based on your hand, and you have to build your deck a certain way. I yeah. think Lucas uh, has the biggest point though, which is it is fully split from old Luminaris. There's nothing about auras on it. True. It does True. not enable or a game plan whatsoever. And this is the th this is the reason that it's like not like th this is how they brought it a step up and it's still good and not insane. Yeah. Um, it's it's like, clearly a step up from the Numenars, but it is it is not a step down from the old one. It is a I tripped and fell down the stairs cuz yes. you have essentially I don't want to say you fully, but you've kind of just cut an entire like plan off right you, and it was the problem plan too kind of it, it was the bigger problem I'll, I'll i'll say it's the bigger problem and it comes back to the discussion we had last week actually on um infinitely recurring value yeah because it was zero cost <laughs> spectra was yeah all that stuff yeah but like it's it means you truly have to be a switch list to use auras yeah. because you have to change weapons, which means suddenly your heralds don't have go again anymore. 
True. And it also you means you, you you can do Herald have it get popped and then swing your aura, but your aura may not have go again. That's dependent on Iris, uh, whether or not you're on Iris, which if you're on Iris, you want a bunch of blues. Yeah. And this deck doesn't want blues. Yeah. So we're you don't want refractor and you don't have go again. I, at like that this, point, this is, that's like much more manageable. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I, I it's much more manageable in the sense that when you can't have a switch list, but you could run, I mean, you, okay, the, the, tell me about it. There's a question as to whether or not you can have a switch list. Okay. People kind of disagree. I think you can. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, well, you definitely don't get a sideboard if you have a switch list, which I always think is Your interesting. Your sideboard is the switch. But yeah, exactly. Which I, I I love that as a concept. It's like, okay, you can play two decks, not as good as either side, and you don't really have a sideboard for them. I, I love that as like a... Uh, but how much do you gain or lose by being the switch list or having one plan? Do you completely... It's interesting. Like, if I look at a Herald-only list, how do you beat Bravo? You don't. You roll over and die. People are. Like, oh, people I are guess. I guess that that's. Out. This is. This is more to what the take actually kind of is going around in the community right now. Is every time someone brings up illusionist, you bring up is the concept of the class toxic in the metagame because, uh, let's say it auto you you play a deck like Herald's List and you auto lose to Bravo. You auto win against what? Fi? You, you have great matchups you in aggro against? decks because yeah. you're actually you're gonna your value numbers are insane. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah. You're getting like five card twenty fours. Exactly. Uh, and so, and then also like you know you're landing a couple of heralds, and then that puts angels onto the field. So then yeah. you have ward, and it's just. The value is stopping their on hits. Huge. You're stopping. You're stopping their on hits. You're uh, getting to use your toolbox of figments, which may or may not. You know, you you could just which give a big gonna... turn. Like, what's the what's the minus one? Is triumph. that triumph? What is how does triumph yeah. read? Uh, attacks during this turn get minus. Attacks your opponent's control get minus one during this turn. Oh my gosh! It is the opposite of a uh, stubbies to a fi. Yeah. Like it is yeah. crippling. It, you you crack Halo in Frick. response to them playing Art of War. Oh my gosh! And so, like in that sense, so I guess I guess the to go back to the question in that sense, it's like the way Prism can kind of function in certain metagames is. I win against this deck. I lose against this deck. Is that a problem? If you if you're on a pure herald plan, um, is is a, is a, a ninety ten matchup into certain things? Like, I don't I don't actually know the numbers, uh, but sure. let's say it's a ninety a deck that has ninety ten matchups, and it's not uh, viscerai right now, a, a deck with actual sure. ninety ten matchups where sometimes it, you are the ninety. Uh, this race not that bad, but go ahead. I think one of the, I think it is fundamentally unhealthy for a deck that can be a that is contending for a top deck to have a ninety ten matchup on either side. In 
within those top decks. Like you, something has gone wrong. Yeah. At that point, like Oldham into pr- Old Prism was ninety five five or something. Yeah. Or ninety nine one or whatever people will say. Icelander into Old Prism was ninety five five. Um, like, I think something has gone wrong at that point. You have broken something. Yeah. There are going to be matchups that are ludicrously difficult. Like current Prism into Dromai. They're ludicrously difficult, but Prism isn't great into anything. You're going to have bad heroes who have bad matchups across the board. That's the way it's going to work. But it gets weird when you have a hero that has a 90-10 matchup or a 10-90 matchup, but then is, is favored in everything else. Like, mechanically, something feels off about that. Yeah. So that's kind of what some people bring up when they talk about Prism on Twitter, right? Yeah. Is sure just this concept of a deck that's like, uh, can you see past my illusions of figments and auras and uh, actually get to the to the meat of the deck or or do you succumb to the the visions and it's it's uh quite polarizing i don't hate it if it's not like a top five deck um but it does kind of feel bad where it's like i didn't plan to play against this hero because no one's playing it and now i just lose to them in round i don't know two of this event right like you just luck into the draw of them um that sounds like Lucas at US Nats when he was playing Bravo <laughs> and ran into a prism. Oh frick. Oh. Oh frick. Uh <laughs> But that's that's kind of a feel bad. Um It is. It is. <laughs> so in that sense uh, the less non games in the game the better. <laughs> I agree. Like that's that's kind of where where I'm at. Where it's like if something is gonna have 30-70 matchups into into the top five decks, that's fine. Especially because like, this isn't magic. We're not playing best of threes, so non-games are just yes. super feels bad. Yes, um, 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was typing the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but gosh. Having those... Non- Lucas, I think this is like... Lucas is actually in chat like, as we're dogging him. Uh, or as Kevin is. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. um like this has also been that's also part of the discourse that's been around kano for the last week okay go it's ahead like, talk about that for a second well it i don't agree with it but i also play decks that have play against kano because i respect kano um but uh well that okay 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 that's 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 a little different but it is super cool but go ahead i will come back to that one that Um, is different but like people have been like kind of dogging on kano just because it's like oh there's no interaction like he just combos you and that's it and he has it on turn zero it's like yeah those are non-games and i don't like that they exist either i think that's a a piece of they put in aether wildfire like they're, they're talking about like infinitely recurring value it's like aether wildfire is kind of that it's as much as you can get out of it the problem is it's multiplicative it's not additive yeah um okay blazing aether is technically infinite value along with it right blazing aether is but it's it's different multiple it the neither of them is actually inherently a problem without the other yes but i mean to call them a problem is a little rough too 
Sure, 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 sure. But but neither yeah. of them is like truly degenerate without the other. True. Like Blazing Aether just on its own is just say, it just says 2x damage, but you had to work for that damage. You got 2x damage and you got another 2x damage with Wildfire. It's like then yeah, you're getting 4x on your value and that's huge. when it starts to get a little too much. Um, doesn't work outside of the combo because of how far blur rate is tax art. Yeah. You have to multiply uh, the value for them to true. be above rate. Yes. Uh, I guess that uh, that brings me to a different point that I'll touch on briefly, which is, okay, so inherently you should get some amount of advantage for playing a more difficult deck. Do you agree with that? Like if I'm... Hmm, if I'm playing... Um, I don't know. Okay, so I, I'll give an example outside of Flesh and Blood. If I'm playing Rise in League of Legends, uh, I'm not sure. playing them. I'm not playing them unless he's busted, right? Because I don't have a, another sure. full-time job worth of hours to devote yeah, to yeah, yeah. playing that character. Um, that it I'm is. okay. <laughs> it's my fault for playing League in the first place, honestly. True. But <laughs> um, I'm okay with heroes having slightly higher ceilings because they are harder because it is harder to get to that floor um it should not be to the point where as soon as someone masters that hero they win every event okay it's yeah good. so so what is that like so how much it, is that it, it should not be so like it this is a actually a very difficult question to like give a solid answer for because flesh and blood has kind of proven itself to be very rewarding to specialists. Like the yeah. players that succeed are the players that play their one hero and the players that play the highest skill ceiling heroes. Well, have shown to get a lot of results. I for the players. True for the point I'm bringing up though, that uh, nullifies it by the sense of, well, if everyone's one tricking, then no one gets an advantage for one tricking. But I guess my specific sure. one is like, you know, not just like the base Kano lines that anyone can put into a deck tech, but you're like, I can spend two seconds looking at this hand and yeah. uh, deal X damage. I could I can spend another extra two 100%. seconds. And then, you know, like just if, if you if you've just like mastered this deck and you've lived and breathed it. And it is a deck that rewards it even more so, like Kano. Uh, yep. Then how much advantage should you get? I think it should be like one. That's a very difficult question to answer. Oh, it's impossible. It, it it is basically impossible. I think. Yeah. Because like the the way that like people talk about matchup percentages, like this is a 60-40, 60-40, all that stuff, but so much of that is contextual for who you are playing against. And so you actually probably like, I know for sure I was getting 60, 40, at least into draw my players because I practice against yeah. Mara. I have better practice in that matchup than they do. That's just it. And I got rewarded for playing the matchup better than they did. And I got reward. I got more than the theoretical value for that matchup. I got rewarded, I think, 20 points in that matchup. I think you, it was 40-60 for Icelander and a draw mine. So I would and say... I think that was fine yeah. because of how deep the game of Flesh and Blood is. We I, we may not actually even know any of the theoretical percentages for any of these matchups in reality. Yeah. 
I mean, it's hard to it's hard right. to put a number on some of those things, anyways. But uh, you, I would say, like, and it you, sounds like, how do you put a number on what is your reward for playing a harder deck? Well, that's uh, what I was going to get at is how I actually feel about this and how I'm assuming you feel about this is your the percentage you get from hardcore testing, like hard work testing and your percentage you get uh, from one tricking, at least combined, maybe separately, should be more so than any advantage you get because I chose to play Kano because if I master this one, I get X X amount more. You should get it out of hard work and yep. grinding more from yes, knowing matchups and like, I don't yeah that like you can spend that time practicing and playing Phi and become really freaking good at Phi like this is like I look at Wyatt and he's the only Phi who top thirty two the twenty k and like he's he's doing stuff that no other Phi player is doing his list looks nothing like it his list for the twenty k had in flames and three Phoenix forms. <laughs> phoenix form wait uh-huh. hold on a minute <laughs> yeah he's doing stuff that no fi- other five player is doing and he plays the deck better than anyone any other five player that i've seen in the last few months that's like, the draw three card <laughs> what the frick yeah the zero the, for five go again zero draw five. three if you have three phoenix flames on the chain it is zero for five go again on hit draw three. Oh my gosh that man's living the dream Oh, speaking of living the dream, go back to talking yeah. about uh, uh, Katsu, turns, as we brought up a minute ago. Turn zero KO for Katsu. Okay. This was the PTI event. <laughs> oh, it was so silly. For uh, Vegas. So yep. it was Friday of US Nats, and there's a PTI event that runs alongside it on Friday, because the calling starts on Saturday. And it's an Icelander versus a Katsu. And it's turn zero, and the Katsu just like gets like double roar something and sends three crouching tigers like each for two, or or four crouching tigers each for two, like roar predatory streak probably, and the Icelander just lays down all four cards in front of the crouching uh, tigers. One of them, the one of them was like an amulet or something or like a potion. Oh yeah, there was only three blocking cards. Yeah, it, it um. What would it have been? Because it wouldn't have been a blizzard. Epot? It was an amulet? No. No, amulet was banned. Okay. Epot, maybe? Um, Epot probably wouldn't have been in against... Oh, Heart of Fiendal. That would do it. (laughs) Yep. Um, They had three three cards they could block and a Heart of Fiendal in their hand, and they lay three cards down in front of Crouching Tigers, and then Tiger Swipe comes out, and it's coming out for four. And they but... <laughs> move four armor block in front of it because that's all they can block with. And the Katsu goes, breaking scales, search another tiger swipe. Uh, make three more crouching tigers, then make six more crouching tigers. Crack pouncing links, grab another tiger swipe, make 12 crouching tigers, you die. Okay, who would win? One $300 rock, one $300 rock, or a, bil- a billion crouchy boys? Uh, the $300 rock if you properly value the other three cards in your hand. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a million crouchy boys every day. All right. I mean, yeah, if you let them get the million crouchy boys, they're going to win. But yes. 
that that was because Icelander made a mistake. All right, Not you want to? The deck is fundamentally busted. You want me to wrap this up? Are we all done here? I, I think I think we've gone over everything, right? Unless everything we want to do now. Someone. No, Rav. Anything? Lucas. Anything else? Uh... LSS should release blank here, blank class hero cards that can't LL. Just drop them in the, drop them in the pool. So just a guardian that has no text. Yeah, uh, four life or uh, four intellect, forty life. For I next time, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Kevin, do you have any shout-outs? <laughs> nope. <You're good. laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we'll catch you next week. I'm moving on Tuesday. We'll catch you later next week. Bye. <laughs>